0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to you? Run Your Mouth Podcast. I promise you, I'm coming at you today with one of the most informative episodes we've ever done. Sure. With information do so good that if you got to go to like some dinner party right. this weekend and they start talking about things, you'll go, well, I know the real information on this. Right, you do got, uh, pause this music. I don't know why I'm playing music. I'm serenading you guys with the sweet tunes we'll of right. the We're Devin Lamar We're... organ trio. But you guys can go check that out on your own time. I was trying to tell you about all the fun things you could be doing this weekend when you crash someone's dinner party and you got the real information on the wars. You got the real informations on on the next batch of coronavirus that Fauci was working on down in the Ukraine's. What's going on with those bio labs? You'll find out on today's episode. Uh, for all of you guys wondering where the live stream is, it's YouTube.com slash C slash Run Your Mouth. And of course, the Uncensored Archive going forever. No one's going to take it down over at Odyssey.com slash at Fire. Uh, two dots and a zero. Maybe there's a way to simplify that. And maybe I, there's a way that I can get myself some more space so I can actually pace around while I'm doing this. I'm a little too close to the couch. But, you know, studio improvements by the end of the year. Uh, Any other announcements? I don't think I have any other announcements. Was there anything that you guys wanted to be announced? Were there things that you felt like they needed to be addressed before we got into the news? Because if you're in the chat right now and you're like, hey, I was hoping you would make an announcement about this. I'm not against more announcements. I don't wake up in the morning and go, hey, I'm going to do a show and we're only going to do a limited number of announcements before I get into the news. There is no agenda or cap on announcements that I'm willing to make. So if you guys felt like there was an announcement that I missed, I'm trying to run this show like a democracy where your vote actually matters, unlike the U.S. So if you send me an email, robsnewsroom at gmail.com and say, hey, I think you should be doing more announcements or less announcements, you might actually get listened to. You have a vote in the way that the Run Your Mouth podcast orchestrates its afternoon broadcast that's supposed to be on a morning that really should have been the Thursday. Anyways, got some gigs coming up Sunday, March Saturday, March 12th, out near Philly. Uh, and then the other one next weekend, going to be skiing at steamboat with Kyle Ruff doing some comedy in those evenings. So come hang out. Oh, one last announcement. And then we'll actually get into the news. Cause I don't, I don't really have all that many announcements. Uh, I'm going to start linking in the, uh, slides for the uh, broadcast into the podcast edition. So if you're ever listening to the show, you're wondering what the articles were or sound was off on one of the videos, you want to check it out, you guys, it will be linked right into the episode description. You guys can uh, check out the slides and see any of the articles that I was commenting on. So first article of the day is, of course, Biden is blaming Putin for price hikes for inflation spike, which is a little bit like when you're out drinking all night and you're going to get laid for the first time in six months, and then all of a sudden your penis isn't working because you've been drinking whiskey all night and you don't really even know how to use it, and then you look at the lady who's sitting there who's all excited to actually be having sex, and you're like, that's Putin's penis. Putin said, that's my penis. It's got nothing to do with the drinking I did today, and it's got nothing to do with the drinking I'm going to do tomorrow. Putin, he's ruined my erection. And so, of course, that's what they're saying. I mean, they just passed a $1.5 trillion spending bill uh, $13.6 billion of it going to Ukraine. And so while they're going, hey, listen, we're going to do everything we can to bring down your prices. We understand that prices are going up, so we're going to do everything we can. And included in everything we can is uh, we're going to spend more money. We're going to spend more money because we know that that's going to help with the inflation. Uh, We're not going to raise the interest rates but we're doing everything we can to help. And also we're not going to just start drilling all the oil we got here temporarily. We're not going to do that, but we're going to do everything that we can so that we can help you, including printing and spending more money, which is going to help you be able to afford more things. Cause the more we print, the more your the, the, the prices are going to come down. That's the way inflation works. This is almost like if you were seeing a doctor or you're like, you, your loved one was, was in the emergency room and they're being operated on. And then the doctor comes out cause it was like a heart thing, heart attack, Goes in for emergency heart surgery. The doctor comes out with his nice face and, you know, he's all bloodied up and he's got the gloves on and he goes, Listen, we're doing everything we can. And you're looking through the window and you're like, Did you just take his liver out? And because they're actually just like harvesting his organs. And the doctor's like, No, we're doing everything we can to help. I think that's his spleen. Can you put his spleen back and just do that? We're doing everything we can. Of course, amongst inflation, you know, every, uh, this was an article from Week Magazine that there are now five fewer Doritos per bag thanks to inflation. And I like that uh, companies are basically dealing with inflation Uh, The way that I would steal uh, cookies, like before my mom was throwing a dinner party. Do you guys ever pull that move? Your mom's throwing a dinner party and she makes this big thing of cookies. And then she's like, those are for the guests. You can't eat any of the cookies. But then what you do is you slowly start eating cookies off the side of the plate. And then you keep trying to rearrange the plate so that it looks like there was a full plate. Because your mom doesn't actually count how many cookies were on the plate. It's just whether or not it looks like a full plate. And then you hope that the other fat asses in your family don't all do the same things. So then when it finally comes time for the dinner party, your mom's like, what the fuck happened to all the cookies I made? Well, that's essentially what the corporations are doing. You got Doritos. They're uh, taking Doritos out of the bag. You open up your bag and you're like, this isn't enough Doritos. Other uh, notable ones. This is from Quartz. Uh, you've got your, uh, you, you know, when you go, your, when you buy a Crest, there's less toothpaste in it. You buy your Wheat Thins, there's less Wheat Thins in it. Everything's got less. They're just trying to pretend like uh, there is no inflation. Then here's Janet Yellen addressing the situation.
1: So, um, I've as I said, I've not seen evidence that China is providing Russia with any significant workaround for our sanctions. They do buy Russian oil. Conceivably, they they could buy more, but there are limitations on... Um, the ability to ship oil to China. Uh, Chinese banks uh, do a lot of business with the West. Uh, they care very deeply. This about part has nothing to do with inflation, with but there's a US part about inflation. European it's common. Financial systems, and um, they seem to be very cautious in their willingness to do business with uh, Russia. So conceivably, there could be some But if you do, would you be prepared to sanction Chinese companies, Chinese entities? My guess is that next month we'll see further evidence of uh, an impact on U.S. inflation of uh, Putin's war on Ukraine. Um, You know, Russia, in addition to exporting oil, and, you know, we've certainly seen
0: How convenient this war is. If it wasn't for this war and Putin's inflation, we would have been fine. Prices weren't going up. It's not like they did record spending to treat this virus that we probably should have just moved on with our lives from. It's not like there were going to be any ramifications from that. And uh, I'm going to have to get a financial expert on here, someone who actually knows their finances, knows their futures, uh, to get a better understanding of if the... Like I saw Clint uh, from Liberty Lockdown tweeted out that the prices you're seeing now has nothing to do with the current oil situation from Russia because of the turnaround time of when you get Russia to when you actually refine it to when it actually hits our gas pumps. Uh, and from what I'm hearing, a lot of the wheat and grains and also uh, fertilizer comes from Russia and Ukraine, which sounds to me like that's going to be an issue for next year after this current harvest and once you have to start pricing in because a lot of like grains and that kind of stuff revolves around futures contracts. So I'd be curious to get an expert on here who better explain to us how much of the current pricing that we're seeing is the result of this war or how much of it was inflation that was coming otherwise. Obviously, they're going to try and blame as much of it as possible on Putin and pretend like, hey, man, we would have been totally fine here if Putin didn't decide that he just wanted to take over Ukraine, because, you know, when things happen on the other side of the world, that's what's going to fuck up all of our money over here. All right. Moving on. um President Biden has signed an executive order uh, in regards to cryptocurrency. Now, what's interesting about his order on cryptocurrency is that nothing's really happened yet. He just signed an order basically telling other people, hey, go deal with this. I want some recommendations. I want to figure out how we're going to keep this thing under control. But what's interesting about what was said is that he they, they kind of said some of the evil parts out loud. So let's read a couple pieces of the article and uh, break it down. So this is from the New York Times, Washington. President Biden signed an executive order on Wednesday directing the federal government to come up with a plan to regulate cryptocurrencies, recognizing their popularity, and potential to destabilize traditional finance. Now, if we lived in a world with free markets, what would be the issue with destabilizing traditional finance? Let's say, as an example, imagine if someone created a portal where you could walk into the portal And then just be in the destination that you needed to be in. So now all of a sudden, all of travel was instant. It was cheap. You could get anywhere in the world by literally, it was almost, you know, be fun. Just to be fun about if they did it like Dorothy, where you had to like click your boots together. They made you put on these really gay, pretty boots. And then you stand, stand on a device, you click your boots together and boom, now you're in China. You click your boots together, now you're in Russia. You click your boots together, now you're in the Ukraine. You could go anywhere instantly. Guess what that technology would do? It would destabilize all travel industries. You know why? Because getting on a flight would be irrelevant if you could just click your boots together and be anywhere in the fucking world. In free markets, right, when you have competition and you have innovation and new products come around and they're really, really good, guess what they do? They destabilize the earlier ones because the earlier things are irrelevant. Like who the fuck has a phone book? You still get phone books in your life? No, you have the internet. Now you could go like, you know, uh, Google Maps when they could tell me where the cops were and I didn't have to go buy a GPS that, you know, shut down all the time, it destabilized GPS. That's called new technology. So if me, you, other people, we like our Bitcoins. We're realizing that it's better because government can't just print endless Bitcoins, except they might be able to just steal all of our Bitcoins. They might be able to make it illegal and then make it worth nothing. Or, you know, they might even be the creator of it and they were just fucking us all along so that we're going to be stuck on the US dollar. But, you know, these are the gambles you got to take. These are the gambles you got to take in terms of trying to defund the US government and actually be able to maintain some of your wealth, not all your wealth, but at least some of your wealth. How much of your money are you guys putting into, into crypto these days? Because, you know, your US dollar is already at 7% inflation. What on this? What is that? Is that on the year or just this one month? And that's just what they're tracking. So they're realizing, oh my God, if we let people compete. With this product we have, which is called currency, which essentially forces the, like forces us into more taxes that aren't even taxes, it's just inflation, that could destabilize traditional finances. We don't have to keep our money in banks. We don't have to keep it in US dollars. So they're, they're saying it out loud. They're realizing, oh my God, this thing's becoming popular. We wanna print more money. We wanna make sure that people are stuck within our systems. We better research this. Now here, this is from NBC News. Although a U.S. digital currency would not necessarily change much in terms of everyday experiences like buying goods and services, economists say it could transform central and commercial banking, as well as government sanctions, banking accessibility, and taxes. And look at this. They're saying the evil part out loud once again, because they're talking about that maybe they'll just make a digital currency. And now what's nice about the government having a digital currency is that they can just take away your currency at any time. At any given point in time, they don't even need it. Like if you don't have your money in the bank and let's say the government realizes that you did something illegal, well, they can go to the bank and they can seize your funds. Or if you're Canada, they can call up, go fund me and go, hey, listen, you can't process that. Or hey, where, where are the wallets that this went to? We're taking away this money because it's going to a cause that we don't agree with. But now what if they made all of the assets digital and so they had access to your wallet at any single given point in time? Well, you know what that means? They're saying it and simply government sanctions, banking, accessibility, and taxes. You haven't paid your taxes, they can just seize it. They can just take it instantly. That's not even the worst one. It's more, hey, did you say something we didn't like on Facebook and Twitter? And then we label you as being a threat to our nation. And then they take away our funds. And then good luck. How are you going to afford a lawyer? When you're, when you're in court. This is like civil asset forfeiture, except that it can be done instantaneously. There's no police footage on the side of the highway of them just pulling over and taking all of your money. They're saying it out loud. What else are they saying out loud? Let's read more. Uh, in addition to the consumer benefits, a U.S. digital currency would offer the Fed a new tool that economists have previously only theorized about, negative interest rates. This was uh, Keith from uh, from Monetary Metals brought this up on the podcast before. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, you should go check it out because uh, I had not even realized that something this evil was on the table until he pointed it out. And uh, now you're actually seeing the experts accidentally say the evil out loud. Let's continue reading. Controlling interest rates is the Fed's primary way to stimulate or cool the economy, but it comes with limits. Banks can drop interest rates on regular money only so low, known as the zero bound, leaving central banks with few options when interest rates are already low and economy needs a boost. All right. So just to explain, negative interest rates are essentially you get charged for leaving your money in the bank. So not only is there inflation and the purchasing power of your dollars are falling, but you are actually charged for leaving your money at the bank. Now, if they charge you enough money to leave your money at the bank, at some point, you're like, fuck this. I'll keep my cash up my anus. I'll pretend like I'm going to prison and I'll shove it deep in there and I'll make sure that my money's safe all the time. You fucking banks aren't going to charge me for keeping my money in your bank. You think I like visiting your bank that much? You think your water coolers have the most delicious water? You think your lines are this good that I'm willing to let you charge me the money for the privilege of keeping my money in your bank? You can go fuck yourself, Chase. That, that's the exact speech I would give. I would walk into the lobby of my local Chase if they started doing negative interest rates, I give that exact speech. But guess what? If all of money is digital and you got to keep it in your government wallet or they just know how much money you have cuz they got a perfect record of it, well then they can institute negative interest rates, right? Because uh what does that do? Well, cuz there's nowhere where else you're going to put your money if they if they ban Bitcoin and so you got to keep your money somewhere. So then they can impose a negative interest rate on it. There's nowhere that you can park it, that you're not going to fall victim to this negative interest rate. And next thing you know, well, everyone's got to spend all their money. You got to spend your money really quick because if you ain't spending your money, then your money's just becoming worth less and less and less. And I'm not even sure. I feel like I'm in the it's always sunny version of uh economics where like they're sitting around and they tried you guys ever see that episode where they need a bail bailout frank comes through with a bailout for them but they tried to create this self-sustaining currency at the bar and so they gave out free drink tickets and then mac turns to char and he's like i thought you understood the way he works and then he turns back to him he goes i thought you understood the way it works Uh, But essentially, I think uh, I'm going to have to do a little more reading on this because I've talked myself into circles. Even I'm confused as to why negative interest rates would benefit them, other than to kind of keep us on this inflationary uh, path forever without competition so that maybe they can fund their own debt. And uh, since they have more physical assets like stocks and bonds and property or whatever, they can make sure that there uh, is never deflation on it and that the assets that they already currently own continue to go up in value while they can afford to pay off their debts because their debts are being inflated. Uh, But there's winners and losers in that equation, so that's not a perfect uh, explanation. Then here you have the White House's press release. Let's read some of the bold terms of what they look to accomplish with uh, their new commission. It's not even a commission. It's just, I, I guess they're just saying, hey, we better look into this crypto stuff before everyone switches to crypto as we start to have hyperinflation. Protect U.S. consumers, investors, and businesses. So remember, I've chosen to go purchase this thing called Bitcoin because I believe it to be a better currency than the United States dollar. In my time of holding Bitcoin, the value of it has gone up astronomically. I also understand I do not have my entire net worth in Bitcoin, and I understand that it is a risky asset and that I potentially could lose all of the money I put into Bitcoin. I also know that I've invested in even riskier crypto assets that potentially could become a new framework for which financial transactions are happening at like lightning speed and it cuts out middlemen. And so perhaps I will make a lot of money as there is more adaptation of the DeFi products that I've purchased. I also understand that crypto is ripe for scams and that any single one of these companies might not become the Amazon of this new generation of DeFi. And I could get completely wiped out in all of my crypto investments. But guess what? I've chosen to take this risk. I have chosen that I at least have enough of an understanding of the benefits and risk of being invested in crypto. I have chosen to do so and I believe that it is better than currency, than uh in some regards, than the United States dollar that, that at least that's the value proposition of Bitcoin. But look, the White House, they just want to protect U.S. consumers, investors, and businesses. I can't protect myself, all of us that have made money with our crypto. We can't protect ourselves. We need the United States government. Let's just read more of the bold uh, lines here of what the United States government's looking to do. Protect U.S. and global financial stability and mitigate uh, systemic risk. Uh, which I think is just, I guess, people pulling out too much money from the banks. I don't know exactly what they're going to be doing here that might be helping me, but this is the way they always got to sell it. They got to pretend like they're helping us here. All right, mitigate the illicit finance and national security risks posed by illicit U.S. uh, of digital assets. This will be one of their strongest selling points is that people are able to get by uh, any restrictions or sanctions that they're trying to impose. But then of course, what happens if they turn it inward on people like us? Uh, Which by the way, that's not that far off from when a company like YouTube demonetizes channels because it doesn't like what it has. Well, what happens when everything's a simple de- uh, digital infrastructure for demonetization? Promote U.S. leadership in technology and economic competitiveness to reinforce U.S. leadership in the global financial system also sounds like an anti-trade type thing where it's like we, we can't stay ahead in the free market, so we're going to have to step in, make adjustments, which uh, we all know what happens there. Cronyism. You get to hand some money to your good friends. All right. Next topic here we've got. There's conversations about whether or not the United States government has bio labs in the Ukraine. Is that why we haven't seen Fauci? He's trying to do a quick super secret operation with Sean Penn, who works for the CIA to try and get all of their tuberculosis and next bat viruses out of the Ukraine and safely into the United States before Putin can unveil the fact that he was working together with China uh, to create a new world order. Is Putin the good guy here? I think that takes it too far. But anyways, there's been talks of that uh, there are biolabs out in the Ukraine. I believe we've already addressed it on the show. We read this official statement response, and it's very clear that we do have biolabs there. Now, how nefarious are these biolabs? What were these Jews and Nazis who have come together to proliferate evil in the Ukraine along with Fauci dealing with these biolabs? Maybe that'll be the next cartoon I uh, I make with... uh with toilet from outer space. But here's Marco Rubio uh, asking, I I think someone in the Biden administration, this question and uh, her response really, it might as well just be yes.
1: Well, um, I only have a minute left. Let me ask you, um, does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities Which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces, should they approach.
0: That She might as well just go, well, yes, but we're not quite going to call it that because that would make us look bad. And it wasn't military grade when we left it there. But if it turns out to be military grade, it's because the Russians made changes to it. And that's why it's now dangerous military materials. And then, of course, we got Jen Psaki um, responding to the exact same questions. Here was a Washington Post headline. White House warns Russia could use chemical weapons in Ukraine, rejects false conspiracy of U.S. biolabs. Here's the tweet from Jen Psaki. Now that Russia has made these false claims and China has seemingly endorsed this propaganda, we should all be on the lookout for Russia to possibly use chemical or biological weapons in Ukraine or to create a false flag operating operation using them. It's a clear pattern. Uh, which is it. This is straight up little kid shit in the car. No, he hit me. I didn't hit him. He hit me when you hit your sister and your sister goes, Hey, uh, well, my sister was more the annoying one. I wasn't the annoying one. She started it. I, I'm now an adult 33. I haven't seen my sister in a while. She's an adult with kids. I'm still going with, she started, she would pull this shit. She'd start kicking me with her foot. And then you go, mom, she hit me with the foot? And then the little sister would be like, he hit me with his foot." I'd be like, no, I didn't hit anyone with the foot. So that's basically what Psaki did. You know, the Russians are going, Hey, look, they got bio labs here. And they're like, no, those are, those are your bio labs. We were just there doing, you know, scientific research. And that's you're just saying that so that you can leak this stuff. I mean, how great is that? If like they, you know, that something actually does leak and then they're like, well, it's because of everything you did. All right, let's take a couple comments and then uh, we can move on with some more coverage of Russia. Uh $1.5 trillion could be $12,000 for each income taxpayer. Uh, $12,000, that's basically universal basic income right there. I guess all we, and well, what went into it, I think about 50% of this increase was uh, mostly military spending from what I understand, Don't they have a burn button in those labs? If Russians are getting close, hit the button, everything is destroyed. Could be. I don't know the way secret government labs work. I would assume that you would have some sort of a thing like that where it would just implode and then all of your stuff. But maybe the research is just too good. Fauci's like, you don't understand. I spent 15 years working on what's supposed to be the next pandemic. You know, coronavirus worked great. And I put so much time into these other ones. You can't just blow up my labs. That's my life works that was supposed to be the next aids so who knows who the fuck knows and speaking of who knows here are some of the latest reports out of ukraine so we have an attack on a ukrainian hospital with ladies outside and uh, if you look at this picture she did everything she could to save her blankets if you're going to bomb a hospital i'm not i'm not going to be without my blankets this is the most important thing that anyone in all of ukraine has ever owned and i'm uh, i'm going to flee the scene and make sure i got my blankets with me All right. So they're claiming that the Ukrainian hospital has been attacked and that, uh, you know, a couple kids have died. And then they were also saying that there was a uh, incident of with one of these safe passages where the Russians were purposely shooting at civilians. And I highlight these articles not to say that they aren't true, but I just think it's important for us to make a consistent record of the claims that were made in this war So that if things turn out not to be true, we have a very clear picture on some of the things that they told us. So we were previously told that the Russians were uh, purposely going to try and blow up some of the nuclear reactors. Now, they probably threw the word may that they may do this so that, of course, they can always go, well, we said it might happen. They love that one. Uh, We've heard that Russians have been raping women. Uh, We've heard about ghost pilots. We've heard about Zelensky arming up could go fight that turned out to be a border walk from a couple months earlier. We've heard a lot of things. So I think it's just important to go, Hey, I don't know. Here are the claims. They could be true, but let's just recognize that these claims were made. So if they turned out not to be true, we have a full picture of just how much they were trying to, you know, pull on our little heartstrings to, you know, entice us to go to war. So I saw this article from, uh, um, There's this dude, uh, in Congress. I think he's in Congress. He's in a wheelchair. His name is rep Madison Cawthorn. Uh, if you've never heard of the guy, he gives the worst speeches. He basically every once in a while, you'll see him. He's sitting in the wheelchair and he goes, I might be in a wheelchair, but I can really yell and get mad at things. I am handy capable and my capableness of yelling about my outro, by the way, very handsome fellow, very, very handsome fellow, surprisingly uh, fit for a man in a wheelchair, surprisingly accomplished, But the only time I ever see him is when he's given the only person who gives worse speeches is uh, there's that that Trump lady supporter with the real lizard mouth who is kind of doing the real yelly thing. Oh, who should I be complaining about other people who are inarticulates? They just yell a bunch. That's kind of my M.O. So you see, I'm just trying to make fun of this guy to get rid of the competition and show off the fact that I can walk around while I'm doing it. (laughs) So there was first, there was an article about this guy. He got pulled over uh, for driving with uh, too fast. And if a dude's in a wheelchair, let him drive fast. I mean, do you really look at a guy driving around fast and always like, Hey, why are you going to? All right. I get that. That makes sense. Uh, so anyways, he retweeted an article uh, from, I'm going to read the, the placement of this, because it's actually a worthwhile roundup of some of the claims that have been made to get us very engaged and go, man, are these Russians terrible? I'm not saying the Russians are good. I'm just saying that some of the stories that have come out in this war have turned out to be not true. So we should be keeping a running record of some of these things that come out so we could see just how bonkers some of the things that they said happened. So, for example, if the Russians hit a hospital, that's terrible. If it didn't happen, it's also worth knowing that it didn't actually happen. And they've already claimed that the Russians have hit civilian buildings that turned out to be military targets. Anyways, this article is a very good roundup of some of the false claims that have been made. It is contra-substack. Uh dot com slash P slash world war reddit s equals R. Like I said, I have the presentation linked in. So if you guys are looking at the podcast version, you guys can go find it. So first they debunked the fact that the Russians were ever looking to uh target uh uh the nuclear facilities. And then here was a response to yesterday. Oh, this was yesterday's claim that they were firing at uh civilians. According to Daria's viral tweet, civilians were deliberately targeted, but that's not what our article says. Ukrainian forces were engaged in clashes nearby, but not at the site where civilians were moving along the street. Outgoing mortar rounds could be heard from a Ukrainian position about 200 yards away. The shelling suggested either targeting of the evacuation routes from Irpin, something of which the Ukrainian authorities have accused the Russian army after a railroad track used for evacuations was hit on Saturday or disregard for the risk of civilian casualties. In other words, Ukrainians were firing mortars from a nearby civilian area, virtually guaranteeing the return fire would result in civilian casualties. The efforts by Russians to take prisoners of war and the repeated requests for civilians not to engage with them suggest that um, Adario's final suggestion is correct uh, inaccurate return fire was to blame, except even now, as I'm rereading this, I'm wondering why there was any fighting in the area at all. If you like selected an area as being your safe corridor space, why would you be fighting 10 feet from it? Even I'm saying even the Russians. So, uh, you know, maybe that roundup in, uh, the other pictures though, they got all the other pictures from all these other incidents and they tell you why they're false. So I still think it was a pretty worthwhile recap, even though maybe they had that one wrong. Uh, now, what I'm becoming most concerned about this skirmish with Russia is, uh, it seems like it's becoming a little bit more permanent at the outset of this thing. So we have the Russians seemingly very upset with the fact, uh, that NATO is looking like it's going to expand into Ukraine. Now the timing seems a little bit odd of what's going on here. And what, what here's, here's like a little missing piece of the puzzle to me. So you've got Nord Stream looks like it's about to become activated Russia is going to be able to sell oil directly to Germany, which it already does, but I guess they're going to be able to do it at a higher volume and maybe for better prices. The collaboration probably starts pulling NATO into question, because if every country is going to be trading directly with Russia, right, why do we need this NATO thing? Why are we spending all this money on some sort of a military alliance when everyone seems to be getting along anyways? And it seems like the U.S. also has some questions of... Uh, hey, we don't want this direct channel of oil going to Germany. I guess maybe because we want to compete, we want to be able to sell them these resources. Not sure why Ted Cruz is so upset about this, uh, uh, the, the the pipeline, other than to say that it would give Russia more money and more leverage. But I'm not understanding how we're not the bad guys. If in a free world, you know, it's like if 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 some Guy, we we're you were competing with, found a hot chick, and you ruined their relationship. Like, how are you not the evil person? So, if Russia, if we believe in this free trade thing, and Russia's got this asset, and they're going to be able to sell it to Germany, like, who are we to interrupt that process? So it seems like there's a little bit of the Keystone Pipeline. It seems like there's a little bit of what the hell happened there with this coup and the Democrats and you know Biden family profits in the region. So, the one question I have, though, is I don't understand why Putin would go in and invade just before uh, the pipeline would become active. The only thing I'm thinking is maybe he had the intelligence that they were very going to quit, that Ukraine was going to quickly escalate going into NATO. And then he felt like if he went in, that then it would be treated as, look, you've actually invaded a NATO country. So, I don't know what the timetable was on Ukraine possibly joining NATO that Putin thought he had to go in there first. Anyways, this was a long tangent. What I'm trying to get at is, so at the outset of this thing, it seems like Putin just wanted to say, hey, this thing cannot become NATO, and I want you to recognize these couple territories that I took. Now, if you start thinking of the grand scheme of harsh things that could happen in the world, of nuclear war, or a total breakdown in global trade, and price increases, you go, okay, fine. Like, here's what we want in return. We want to guarantee that you're not going to expand in any capacity. And if you do expand in any capacity, here's going to be the following penalties. And we also want the following assurances for the Ukrainian people so that we know that they can be safe. And then everyone's like, OK, we know that Russia is not going to expand. And then and then I understand that if Putin won't agree to the fact that he's not going to expand past that, even though I don't. Really care about, I at least understand why the United States government would go, Well, that's not, we can't have a world power becoming an imperial power, blah, 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 blah. You know, at least, but like those things don't become true. All those supposed fears of that he just wants to restore Mother Glory Russia and become, even though he doesn't have the wealth or resources, he wants to conquer the entire territory. I don't believe any of that, but you know, you could have proved me wrong. You could have made a deal with him and said, all right, we're not going to join NATO. We want the following assurances. We guarantee not NATO. You guarantee that you're not going to expand. And then if he starts to expand, then I'm wrong, and then we're back where we are right now. But you could have potentially avoided that because I'm going to guess that I would have been right. Now, though, we've got an issue where if Putin, or at least we're claiming that Putin's bombing these, uh, these hospitals... And there's all sorts of death on the table. And now we're pulling back all of our company. Like how did, how does this quickly deescalate? Like even a week ago, it seemed like it could pretty quickly deescalate because Putin's like, Putin's not just going to go home now and be like, all right, I lost. That was a bad idea. And now I'm in a weaker position and I've just got all these sanctions on me permanently. And the United States government isn't just going to go, okay, you know what? You can just have Ukraine. I don't see an easy compromise anymore. Like up until last week, I did see an easy compromise. Where the United States just basically goes, "All right, listen, you you stick to the Crimea thing. We say we say it's not going to join NATO. You say you don't expand. We're all good here." It feels like we're past that now, where there's been enough like uh, financial changes that have been made here that this is not going to be that easy to unwind. Uh, And so this was the latest headline from today. Biden pushed to push for ending normal trade relations with Russia. Uh, I I believe that that means that they can potentially have more um, tariffs on Russian goods. I'm just saying. Not looking like it's flowing in the right direction. All right, let's take a quick moment. Plug our sponsors, yocreative.com, home of the $6 kilo. Also, yodelta.com, use promo code RYM, you're going to get 20% off. Shout out to the Deltas. I got to tell you, well, the, the, the gummies are going to fuck you up. You one of those gummies, you get crazy high. I'm a big fan of the hybrid pen. Firstly, it's incredible that, like, it's just, it's like in most states, just legal. I can say that that's a game changer when you go on vacation, that you could basically just show up places, get your hands in some deltas. You don't have to figure out where the weed is from. Uh, but I can tell you that the O Delta hybrid pen is particularly good because I'm not a big pot smoker. Sometimes I get a little bit too stoned, or sometimes I get like a little bit paranoid, or even hits me the wrong time and I get depressed. But when I'm hitting these, uh, these O Delta pens, specifically the hybrid, which is my personal favorite, it's like it's pretty even. It's just like uplifting. It's a good time. I recommend it. So you go to yodelta.com, Delta.com use promo code RYM. You get yourself 20% off. And then of course you'll create them. Pricing's too good. You can't get any discounts because you won't find kratom for cheaper anywhere. I got you go travel, go travel all of America. You tell me if you find cheaper Kratom and let me tell you, it's fun to get a, to get a kilo of Kratom. And I, I even think with, uh, with, uh, uh, with, with inflation, I don't think that pricing's going up. And here we go. Look, the fans, I feel like I'm doing an infomercial now. The fans are wondering, this guy's going, I'm sheltered. What is Delta? I'll explain it to you, Tim, the ancient. You see, there's this thing called government. They come in and sometimes they pass laws that make no sense. So they passed this law when they made all of hemp products legal, but they made THC illegal. But guess what? Just underneath Delta nine THC, you got this thing called Delta eight and Delta eight still gets you high. And so they accidentally made it legal. And so if you're a person, you're into the marijuanas, Tim the Ancient, right now, go to yodelta.com, use promo code RYM, you get 20% off. Right now, Tim the Ancient, I want you to go do this. If you're a marijuana smoker or if, uh, you know, maybe you've never tried the marijuanas, you're like, I wonder what this thing's all about. I keep hearing all these cool kids smoking their joints, but I don't know how to roll a joint. I don't know where to find a lighter. I don't know how to find the weed. So then you just go to YoDelta.com. You put a cartridge into a battery. You just hit it. Makes no no smells. You don't have to worry about smelling like marijuana. You get pretty high. All right, let's move on with uh, our episode. What do we got next? Right, we got Kamala Harris, and she is out in uh, Russia. She's trying to solve the problem. She's not in Russia. She's in the region, and she's there. We've got our best hands on deck. You know, when they pull up Kamala, that means basically they've given up. They, she's the fall person. Once they once they send Kamala somewhere, you know it's over. But, you know, they figured, hey, listen, you're going to have to take over this operation in a couple of weeks. Uh, you're going to have to get a little bit better at what you're doing. So this is your big moment to shine. Here she is. Let's uh, check her out in the pe- press conference.
1: Will the US um, supporting international investigation um, into war crimes uh, committed by Russia in Ukraine? And can you see any political future for Putin? And ito jest oczywiście też pytanie do Pana Prezydenta o tę polską stronę i przyszłość również. OK, I'll go. You for this time, please. <laughs> jeżeli, jeżeli pani, jeżeli pa... oh. okay. uh, not at all.
0: I figured it out. is Beavis and Butthead rolled into one character. If you were to do a cartoon of Beavis and Butthead at a press conference, not knowing how to handle themselves, this is the cartoon. You've rolled both the characters into a, a <laughs> I was asked a question. <laughs> and then also, if you're going there as the world leader going, hey, I'm qualified, I can handle this shit. Who sits there and defers and goes, ah, fuck, I got to answer questions. You want to handle this one? Here. We can watch her laugh at another question.
1: I I wanted to ask you about some reporting that my colleague here in Poland noticed. He recently spoke with the mayor of the largest border town who told him that the refugee system is essentially not set up for this, that it will collapse. It's an improvised system that can work for maybe two weeks, but not indefinitely. And I'm wondering what the United States is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure infrastructure And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees? And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think, and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. (laughs) A friend in need is a friend in
0: need. Okay, so this time, unbelievable. All right. What else we got? What else we got? Cain Velasquez. Have you guys seen this news story here? We can watch. Let's watch a little bit of the footage.
1: MMA icon, Kane Velasquez, made his first court appearance today in connection with those attempted murder charges. Tonight, though, exclusive new video obtained by NBC Bay Area that shows what appears to be Velasquez's SUV moments after he rammed and shot at that truck. This is the video of the truck. You see it there, carrying a man accused of molesting a family member of Velasquez. That investigators say is why he's chasing him. Now, Velasquez is facing attempted murder charges. NBC.
0: It makes me think about, uh, possibly creating a new vigilante law where if for certain crimes such as rape, murder, or pedophilia, uh, you can, you can go v- exert vigilante justice. However, the court case becomes whether or not the person actually did those crimes. Wouldn't that be interesting? Like in this case, so the dude's a pedophile and did horrible things to your child. So you go out there, you get your vigilante justice, and then the new court case is about whether or not that guy actually committed those crimes. And if he committed the crimes, then your vigilante justice was legal. If he didn't commit those crimes, then your vigilante justice was illegal, and you go to jail for the crime of having murdered someone. So you, like you're taking the risk upon yourself so in other words like vigilante justice isn't illegal you just don't have this, quite the same immunity as as cops do uh, and maybe it's not the, the thing that's just most shocking about this is you would think that if you were an MMA fighter and you could kick the shit out of someone like wh- isn't that more fun? Maybe it's because I I don't know how to kick the shit out of someone so for him like this is his opportunity to actually run someone down on the road and shoot at them like that's an experience he hasn't had versus for me. Like I wouldn't, like if I, if I was the badass, I'd think, Hey, why get the gun involved? And there could be more crimes for that. Or why not try and get this guy when there aren't other people around, but that might all help out when he pleads insanity. Anyways, I was just thinking about that because it is interesting that if you ask most individuals, I think, Hey, the following crime was committed to your child. Do most of us want to see a person that got retribution for that going to jail And do we think that that individual is a danger to society that they need to be in jail? I'm talking about the father that got vigilante justice. Uh, To me, it certainly is an interesting question. And I bet if we put it up to a vote, if in fact this individual did molest his kid over a hundred times, if that turns out to be true and he he was looking for vision. Now you might say that the vigilante justice he was looking for was reckless and he turned out to shoot other individuals. And so, you know, there should be some sort of a crime for the recklessness of that. And that that does show some sort of a danger uh, to society that a person can can, can get that angry. And so maybe they do need to be in a correctional facility for some period of time, as if the correctional facility will do anything. I'm just thinking that if we were to put it up to a vote, how many people would go Hey, I don't think that guy should go to jail, but maybe you can argue that that's what the jury trial is. It's a jury of peers. It's basically being put up to a vote to them. Except, I do think that they are somewhat guided by the legal process, and that it's not just like left to their logic. It's left to them to determine, like, like within the nuance of the law, which then gets explained to them. All right, what's a uh, couple more topics MMA coming at you guys? Uh, all right, here's a video of Saki. Versus the worm from Fox News. I want to play this for you guys. And sometimes what I love about this duo is that it almost seems like one actor who's playing two different characters. It's like uh, it just they almost look like the same person and they almost got the same bitchy attitude. It's like God made the perfect yin and yang of, well, I'm offended redheads. It's like this Weasley kid showing up to the teacher and going, I got you. Look at this. I got this question. And there's no way you're going to feel to answer this question. And then she's like, Well, you have no idea how big of a cunt I am. I can totally answer your question. Your question might be a good one, but you have any idea how good I can lie myself out of this? So here we go. Let's watch the latest in the battles between the uh the wormy the wormy redheads. Why did you guys decide to rebrand the rise in gas prices as the hashtag Putin price hike?
1: I mean, if you want to use that on Fox, I welcome that, but
0: I think it'll get a lot of airtime because we have heard the President warn for months, the gas prices were rising because of the supply chain and because of post pandemic demand. If you guys knew for months that this was going to be the hashtag Putin price tag, why are we just hearing that now?
1: Well, Peter, if we go back to six months ago, I don't think anybody was predicting we would be exactly where we are as it relates to Russia and Ukraine. As you know, that events in the world, including 9000 permits to drill
0: million acres we are asking them. We're all for two on videos I pulled up. You know, and I'll tell you exactly what happened. It's because I can't just put the Twitter videos into this thing, and then I have to go find them on YouTube. And then I guess I didn't play enough of it. So the video I wanted to show you guys was he asked if if Biden owns an electric vehicle, and she says, well, presidents don't do all that much driving. And then he kind of stays on the point. Well, does he? is he going to get an electric vehicle? And she's like, well, you know, even when they leave office, they don't drive. And that's actually complete bullshit because, like, If Biden's trying to impose on people or create policies that we should all be going electric and using electric vehicles, then even if it's for safety reasons that he, his limo that they drive, like they're driving him around in cars, right? So he's still using cars or ex presidents. They might not drive, but they get driven around in cars. And he actually criticizes up Saki where he's like, I've seen this guy in his Corvette revving the engine. He likes his gas car. Why is he trying to get all the rest of us to buy electric? And if you guys are all into leading by example, why aren't you leading by example and driving electric vehicles? And she just uh, kind of slides past the question by going, well, presidents don't really do that much driving. Yeah, but they're in cars all the time. And the cars that they're in are not electric vehicles. So why don't you guys lead by example and make them electric? All right, I think I got one more topic to cover. But why don't we take a couple uh, questions from the chat? Tim the Ancient is going, I'm inspired. I'm going to do these drugs. And then, of course, Dirty Mike coming in right after him saying, I'm a recovering heroin addict. Should I go do these drugs too? Probably not. I don't think that would be a good idea. But except if you do find yourself in a situation where you've gotten back into heroin, you might as well switch up to the Ocratom. It's like the diet version. It's readily accessible. And it's uh, not going to to ruin your life in quite the same way. So don't do drugs. You particularly, Dirty Mike, don't be going out and doing nothing. We don't advise it. We'd rather you listening to the program, getting all the news and information that you need, but if for some reason you go off the deep end, your Kratom's there for you. They're they're like a safety net. All right, here we go. No, next comment from uh, from Dirty Mike. Uh, maybe we can meet in the middle. Instead of allowing people to murder pedophiles with vigilante justice, how about we at least just give pedos the death penalty? Could be. I don't know. Death penalty is less interesting. There's something about if you're the actual family member Uh, being able to get your vigilante justice that I almost feel is more satisfying. What you should really be able to do is then keep the corpse and put it up on your wall like when you kill a deer or like you got like a glass case and you'll be like, you know, that probably makes the kid feel better. You go, look, we fucking got the guy. You you do live in a safe world because daddy's here. that that might be too sicko all right we're 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 too far into the episode that's the issue i start saying dumber shit as we go speaking of dumb shit north korea king john chipmunk face started testing intercontinental uh missiles and uh before i find out about these new missiles i'd like to know this guy's diet plan look at him he's thinned out he is sexy i would like to see uh the investigator. like imagine if this guy had an ig he's just showing all the pictures of like his fancy ass lifestyle and the people were so stupid that they were just liking it they're thinking he was all cool and shit but he's looking like a badass he's got his hair slicked back he's thinned out his cheeks a little bit he's blasting off uh, some 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 bigger missiles and i basically just look at this news story where it's like high alert everyone's trying to kill us we need more, we need to spend more money everyone they're all they're all trying to kill us right 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 now and then just to try and get into the action india apparently accidentally fired a missile into pakistan We're like, hey, if everyone else is going to fight and get testy about their borders and consider fighting the next guy, we're going to do it, too. All right, that's our episode. Uh, I don't know the schedule. I came in hot. I said I was going to be consistent. We were going to go every morning. And then yesterday, I was just too lazy. I could have done two episodes. I could have done half yesterday, half today. We could have done two 20-minute episodes. I should have done that. I just didn't do it. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know. Are we going to be daily? Ideally, we're going to be four times a week. We're gonna have more sponsors. Every time I wake up in the morning, I'll be like, if I just get this episode out, I'll actually get paid money. And then we'll get the episode out. And then you guys will laugh at jokes. And then more people come out to my live shows. Everyone will suck my penis. They'll pull up a giant chair. They'll go, Rob, we think you're the greatest thing that ever happened to our planet. And that no one ever gave us news information and was so right about everything like you were. So hopefully we'll get there. But between now and when we get to the point that I can show up to get gigs like in in like show recess with an old school shitty couch that's got the fabric material on there, uh, with arms while I wear a crown and people present sandwiches until we get to this fantasy, you know, we'll, we'll go live when it makes sense. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys appreciate it. All right. That's our episode. A couple of comments. And then, uh, and then, and then, I don't know, going to go eat some lunch. Maybe even go back to bed. I'm tired. I talk too much. All right. Uh, marianne brandon robbie the fire the most inconsistent mother we we know okay I'm, I'm okay with that i am I'm, I'm consistently inconsistent i'm all right with that and then forest mommy you're the greatest thing to happen with planet thank you Forrest mommy we're continuing the episode we got women in here paying me compliments this show is not over all right last one heather rivera all hair hey robbie another chick oh my god this is getting out of control <laughs> Dirty mike is laughing at marianne all right this thing's slowly, slowly turning into an orgy Have a great day, everybody. Until next time.